Esperanza. Well, hello, Erwin. And, um, you know, Rob, to tell our, we have to tell our audience, um, you know, we, we did take a brief hiatus. So we've, we've been off for a few weeks. Are we um, rusty? I don't know. We're going to, we're going to find out if we're rusty. I mean, I, you know, that's a, it's a really good question, but <laughs> I don't um, think so. Nah. Uh, we're, you know, we're like, we're, we're old friends. We pick up where we left off. That's, that's exactly right. And that's a very good point about old friends. You know, like you ever have like an old friend and I feel that way about you, like somebody, you don't see them for a year and then you see them and it's like nothing ever. It's changed. like no time passed. Yep. Exactly. exactly. And that's, uh, and yeah. yeah. So, but in a- this case, what we're talking about today, kind of a lot of change. Oh my gosh. What a segue. That is a, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think so. But let's let's launch. A lot let's has changed, but get into we should it. tell our audience we're talking about. I mean, this is one of the most arguably one of the most famous estates out here. It's called. It was called, but we'll get into that. That's in one of the big changes, <laughs> which is one of the big changes. We'll get into that in a minute because. The estate was known as Fordoon. Now that would be F-O-R-D-U-N-E. And this was the estate of the Ford family, Henry Ford, you know, um, Ford motor cars. I mean, that doesn't get much bigger than that. Esperanza, I think we're going to start at the back end of this first before we get a little bit into the history. Because from present to past, from present to past, we're going to go that way, I think, because in October of 2021, this was the highest recorded sales price for a single parcel on the East End of $105 million. And by the way, it was originally asking 175 million, which I always I always laugh at this kind of thing because you know I guess places like this as Bronson, they really don't have any comparables, so it's sort right, of like yeah, what, what is the comp? <laughs> what's the comp to Fordoon? Okay, 42 <laughs> acres with nearly a quarter mile on the ocean. They used to call this Southampton, but it's actually Watermill. It is Watermill. Well, it's it, part of Southampton Town. Part of Southampton Town, yeah. but it, but it's actually Watermill, but. Um, we'll get into why they call it Southampton a little later, but, um, it's fancier. So this was the longest stretch of private ocean front. And again, when you, when you have something like this, there really isn't a comp you throw, Hey, let's, let's make up a number and see what we get. So it ultimately sold for $105 million. Um, there was a three acre parcel in East Hampton, I believe on further lane that sold for $147 million, but uh, that was three parcels. So this one is a sort of a standalone. And uh, we want to thank- And this is 42 acres. That is 42 acres of, yeah, I mean- an I mean, it's a bargain. Oceanfront, 42 acres. A it's tremendous a bargain. bargain. And But the <laughs> real bargain, and we'll get into this a little bit later, was when the property was first sold. But we'll touch, and we'll touch on that soon. But- so again, we're going to start from the back. So remember, October 2021, $105 million. We're getting a lot of this information from two articles actually written by Laura Euler. That's E-U-L-E-R. One of them from Dirt.com and the other from our friends at Behind the Hedges, which Taylor Vesey is the editor of. So, mm-hmm. But both of these were from Laura, so we thank her. And we're going to start with going by the first one she wrote, which was the Behind the Hedges article in 2020. And I think we should start really almost from, you know, sort of early on how 
the wedding of the century. Get a load of that one. The wedding. I thought your wedding was the wedding of the century. Yes, <laughs> apparently not according to Laura Euler. It was well, mine really, was uh, scantily attended. <laughs> <laughs> it apparently, On purpose. It apparently was the wedding of Henry Ford II and get a load of the way they record this one in 1940, the pretty blonde in McDonald. Anyway, um, <laughs> two great U.S. industrial fortunes would join that year in Southampton, Long Island on July 13th. And again, Laura goes on to say, we don't have to spend much time on the Fords. We know who they are. Henry Ford II, eldest son of eldest, Edsel Ford, grandson of Henry Ford, president of Ford Motor Company from 45 to 60, during which time they became publicly traded where they really must have hit the windfall. Mm-hmm. This was the time of like Ford versus Ferrari, right? Exactly. Right, right. And really it was <clears throat> the time of the big three. It was Ford, Chrysler, right. and General Motors. Right, there was, right. you know, Toyota, Honda. There was no real presence at that point, you know, at this era in the United States. But Oh, by American. By American. It was a different, uh, you know, Different, different time, different place. And Anne McDonald apparently was the daughter of stockbroker James McDonald, granddaughter of a Thomas Murray. How about this as an inventor? Guy invented the dimmer switch and the screw and fuse. That's the kind of stuff. It's so unglamorous, but <laughs> must have created zillions of dollars. You know, right? But he also developed fuse. electric power plants, and you know, obviously his fortune, which was vast, came from diversifying his holdings <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly correct and apparently according to laura you know, uh the mcdonald murrays were some of the first irish catholics in southampton before the 20s it was very much a wasp domain still sort of has that reputation maybe mm, not the same yeah. way it does and i love this what laura brings out in this article how Legend has it that the Southampton Bathing Corporation only admitted Murray as a member because he invented some sort of filtration device to keep sand from flowing into the pool along with the salt water. And the Bathing Corp wanted to use it. You got to love this, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, uh, same kind of thing happens nowadays, I think. Completely true. But I mean, now we again, we know about the Fords, but I mean, again, the McDonald Murray's, I mean, their house in Southampton, 50 rooms a pool, tennis court, polo field, you know, in New York, 29 rooms. I mean, you know, they, this is, again, we, we've gone over these kind of, you know, people before in other episodes. You living know, large um, in, in the, in history. Yeah. Yeah. Does living large even scratch this? This is like, and again, it, it's not new and not exclusive, just Eastern Long Island. We have, well, you know, coast. it's, it's, it's like, it's like, you know, people adulate royalty, British royalty, let's just say, you know, and to me, this is their, this is their version of it in this country, you know? I would, yeah, I would, that's, a, this is our nobility. This is you just have way. to amass a big, huge fortune and you become yeah. landed gentry or something yeah. like yeah, that. Apparently. I don't know. It, it's a right. Cause I mean, again, this, this was not some old waspy kind of thing. This was, you know, again, Irish Catholics. I'm very, you know, very different, uh, you know, some of the first, again, that went into Southampton at this time. This was really had a very different kind of thing. But I got to tell you, Laura brought out this line in the article. 
And I always wondered about this street squabble lane in right. Southampton. Yes. You know what I say? I, you know, I used to say to myself, it's an unusual kind of name. There is a Murray Lane, which I'm going to assume is because of the Murray family. Maybe related. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But Squabble Lane, because again, this family eventually owned 300 acres of oceanfront in Southampton and Watermill. And Squabble Lane got its name because it separated the two factions of the family and the family infighting. So very cool story right there. Big yeah. Irish Catholic family and and no fighting. I mean, come on, that's exactly. I mean, that's uh, <laughs> the, the story would be if they weren't fighting. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Precisely. <laughs> you know. But so again, and we get into this whole thing how there was high excitement in Southampton approaching this wedding. The Etzel Fords arrived in Southampton. They anchored their yacht in Peconic Bay. Even Old Henry showed up to dance with the bride. So I mean, this was. You know, they were also living large in Michigan, Gross Point, which is that Detroit suburb where all the auto makers used to live. Forty-something mm -hmm, mm -hmm. room red brick mansion on the shore of Lake St. Clair. Right, right. This is after life. their marriage, obviously. <laughs> yes, exactly. But but they as weren't Laura, living in. <laughs> it's so true. I mean, I mean, like I haunting, I, you know. We're, Esperanza, and we, again, we've discussed this kind of thing on our Hamptons before. It really is hard to sort of wrap your arms around the way these people live. And we discussed this with the Bell Estate. We discussed this with Bayberry Land. And, you know, you just, it's just, it's it's hard to fathom. And, and it, just the grandeur of it all, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. but. Yeah. But for a summer home, Esperanza. Only Southampton would do. Well, of course. Right. <laughs> now, they originally purchased the beautiful Halcyon Lodge on Gin Lane, an 1893 example of stick-style architecture. And in 51, they commissioned, I mean, you want I mean, to talk this is, about this is amazing, by the I, way. I got to be. This is you know, we talk about Andrew Geller. We talk about a lot of these modern art, modernist architects out here. Philip Johnson, I mean, could be the father of modernist architecture. I mean, you know, I mean, they hired him to design a glass pavilion addition to the house, which is still there today. But of course, Halcyon Lodge. Hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully, yeah, we should say that. I mean, this article is a couple of years old. We're, we're hoping it's still there. I'm going to go with the assumption that it is, but... Apparently, Halcyon Lodge wasn't enough for these people. You know, stick style architecture from the 1890s, a Philip Johnson edition. This didn't suffice. So they sold it. And they did ask the buyers if they could dismantle the glass box and take it. And that didn't happen. How do you leave Halcyon Lodge, Esperanza, on Gin Lane? Because they outgrew it. I mean, did they reproduce? I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. It doesn't say how many rooms and you know everything that was, but clearly it wasn't big enough. Apparently not. Or Indeed. grand enough. Or grand enough. I mean, but again, I, I look. This is lifestyle that's hard to relate to, obviously. And you know, again, this is not. Yeah, remember Robin Leach. <laughs> 
We should have, if he was alive, we could add him as a guest on this podcast, right. to, to throwing that loud voice of his on. But now the Fords were, as Laura describes in her article, ambitious. And they were in the 50s, late 50s. Again, now our, another Our Hamptons buzzword, not ancient history, late 50s. Mm, yeah. They began planning a brand new house and they, but they had to spend so many years buying all of these parcels of land. That's another thing, Esperanza. We've got to stop for a second. Again, now late 50s. So we're talking whatever, 60 plus years ago. Yeah. Well, this is just all farmland, by the way. I mean, it's, it, this was not, that's why it was probably easy to buy all this land. Right. You can't, to state the very obvious, accumulate contigu contiguous, contiguous parcels of land anymore. That's non-exist. You can't do this. You cannot, you can't, there's nothing left. There's not enough land left to create estates like Fordune was. Well, yeah. And, 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 and I mean, also obviously nobody wants, well, they might want 300 acres, but nowadays they buy the 42 acres and then they plant like, you know, the most enormous house that they can a la Renner, you know, so. Correct. Correct. Or, um, or as our dear friend Jane Maring always points out on uh, Building Kind East Hampton, shout out to Jane, uh, you just buy a one acre lot and clear the hell out of it. Right, right. Yeah. But we won't go down that road just yet. Um, but in the late 50s, the Fords began planning this grand house. Yep. Difficult to say, you know, it's hard to say how much money they spent, how many parcels they combined and purchased all over the place. But in 1957, Sports Illustrated, we'll get to this later, uh, is they put up together a great article on uh, the Holy Stend of Long Island in 1957. That's going to be a podcast in and of itself. But, right. you know, that's there's Sports a lot Illustrated. Of, yeah, yeah, it's uh, we, well, it's hard to. All right. Full disclosure, since we share everything with our audience, we've we, I've been looking at this article and it's an, an extensive article from 1957 pages and pages. And it's just all about Eastern Long Island. So we'll we'll we're going to do something about we're gonna that. We're going to dive into road. that one. Yeah, yeah we're going to dive into that down the road. But um, so anyway, um, they inhabited, you know, Henry Ford, the second wanted to build this show place and. He had had to lay a mile of blacktop through the fields of rye to reach this land. To your point, it was farmland, you know, which blankets, you know, this hundred acres, you know, a portico with four large baskets of cement fruit, whole paneled rooms, fireplaces, parquet floors, a European chateau in the style perfected by the Vanderbilts. So it really was. It like looked like a French chateau. This was the, it was like a classical sort Apparently. of inspired and, and architecture. And, and you know, it's funny. Even the name for Dune, which obviously we're combining Ford and Dune, but even that has Ford. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. It, it almost has that kind of exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> We always reach out to Esperanza for the European accent. Just, spent more time in Europe than I'd have, so she's <laughs> good on that. That's from Canada, the French. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, you know, I'm trying to make this more glamorous than it is here. Sorry. But okay, it is from Canada. We're talking about the Fords, you know. That's they true. Had, they had That's a hunting true. lodge in Ontario. It's okay. So at a certain point, you know, Sports Illustrated estimated that they already spent some $800,000 on this land, which is, of course... 
you know, peanuts La- compared to laughable this, in today's laughable what it's worth now. But again, I mean, yeah. eight hundred thousand dollars meant something then, in the late fifties. Yes, exactly. You know, they already they already had over a thousand feet on the beach, but they wanted to add more. But I love this Esperanza. The Ford property was not the highest rated for taxes in Southampton. It was the Dupont home on Meadow Lane, currently still, I think, the home of Calvin Klein. The property, so yeah. Knows, I mean, he's, you know, you know, demolished and rebuilt that like 15 times, it feels like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now, Nate, this is funny. The massive house, you know, remember when we're talking about is 16,000 square feet. Now, it's called massive here, Esperanza. 16,000 square feet sort of. That's that's you know, peanuts. It's nothing. It's done here now. Is that GFA? Yeah. <laughs> Does that have a livable basement area? Um, uh, Lower I, level? I would, well, to answer that question, you know, in, in addition to the 48-foot living room, the French parquet floors, the three wings of the main house, one being servants and guests, one a kitchen, library. There was also, of course, the... Uh, the beautiful gardens, the ponds, ponds, plural, rolling lawns, pool, tennis court. But no, polo, but no polo field. No, no, pol- <laughs> no pol- nope. <laughs> what, what is amazing to me, though, is that, you know, he had spent to date, let's just say maybe a million dollars, 800,000. Um, but the house cost 2.3 million to build and furnish. Right. 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 I mean. Two point three million, that, really, really bought you something back then, right? It gives me pause. Nineteen fifties, wow. Just, but in you know, as is often the case, they didn't really get to enjoy this estate because I guess from the files of apparently money doesn't buy happiness, Esperanza. These two, Anne and Henry, divorced in nineteen sixty four. Anne got the estate. She got the goods. She got the goods. <laughs> Both eventually remarried. So all of that work, all of that effort, for what? And here's the thing that really got me, Esperanza. Because again, not ancient history. 1975. Honestly, the 70s, okay? Yeah, yeah. And sold this estate to an Italian financier who paid the incredibly, I mean, this even, I mean, to me, this even sounds cheap for 1975 out here on 42 acres. I agree. No, it is. It is. I think you know, so. One, $1.8 million. Mm-hmm. And this is for Dune, 42 acres. He subdivided the house at Carlo Traglio. That's the oh, person who bought it. Subdivided it kept the main house and 44 acres of oceanfront. And then he divided into a gated enclave, 40 homes. Hilton's owned one of them. The name of the enclave, Fordoon, of course, which is inexplicably now called Jewel Pond. So this is, um, I'm just trying to think between Southampton and Watermill. So it's on the eastern end of of Southampton. Right. This is sort of like 
as you leave the hospital, Southampton Hospital, and you're driving near the ocean there, that's yeah. that's the Jewel I, Pond area, isn't that's it? That's what I would, yeah. I mean, because at first I thought- Like, was that's this, all like, like Halsey land, basically, right? Yeah, like it I, was. I was trying to put this on a map. I mean, is this like around, this is not on the side of Flying Pond Point Road, Point, am I correct? Well, bef I think before then. Yeah. Sort right. of between, to, let's say, between the hospital and Flying Point. <laughs> right. to, sort of, Sort of to the west of it. Sort of to the west of it. Exactly. But, but we do want to just. Wow, West Bronzer, you know, I'm thinking about this now. This episode has gone from present day to the past, you know, into uh, when uh, Anne ultimately sold the estate. But we do have to backtrack just one, a little bit, really. Into Back into the, into the 60s. To the 60s, because. This almost is almost like a standalone episode within this episode, but it's really something, you know, that we uncovered when we, Esperanza and I, were researching this article. A 1964 New York Times story of how Linda Bird Johnson, now, for all of you millennials and younger people out there and whatnot, LBJ, you know, was the president after JFK was shot. They had two daughters, uh, you know, LBJ and his wife. Um, one Lady, of them was called Lady Bird, Bird. Was the was was yeah. LBJ's wife, right? right. It's confusing to me. All these LBJs, right? right. <laughs> Wasn't LBJ's wife called Lady Bird Esperanza? Yeah, I'm she like, was Lady Bird, and okay. this is Linda Bird. Linda and Bird Johnson. But anyway, they had. Which I guess was a fundraiser for LBJ or some, right. some kind. Uh huh. In 1964, on Fordoon, a little bit east of Southampton, but again, we this is something Esperanza. We always love to transport ourselves back to a time and a place. Now, let's go back to 1964. Very conservative, stiff Southampton, right? We is that fair to say? I mean, you know, 1960s, you know. 60 58 years ago was yeah i think probably a more over overall but you know i've always found there was a qu underlying quirkiness out here so okay okay not sure you know but esperanza let me ask you as this new york times article is going to ask us you think it was quirky enough in this area to have as the new york times described a guitar snapping twangy voiced hillbilly singers and as they described, which seemed like spittoons in a boudoir oh, <laughs> in the middle of Fordoon, because this party, Esperanza, was sort of like a hootenanny. <laughs> in, so, <laughs> yeah, and I'm trying to think with this, you know, French chateau style, 22 room white brick mansion, right? Exactly. As the backdrop to of elegance to the Texas hoedown <laughs> to the Texas hoedown granted it was to for the president apparently this it was an LBJ barbecue in honor of Miss Linda Bird Johnson who was the then 20 year old daughter of the president and the New York Times describes it as bronza never before had the estate been opened up to anything but small private parties but the two white wooden gates at the entrance were flung wide and nearly 2,000 people drove in for this 
political fundraiser. The grounds on Wickapog Road, a stout gentleman in a string bolo tie, pointed leather shoes, a cowboy shirt. Come on, this was not going on in South in Southampton here. I mean, not not on a daily basis, I'm <laughs> sure. I, I would say, <laughs> I would say that's accurate, Esperanza. Definitely not on a daily basis. You know, um, Walter Jetton of Fort Worth, a thrower of commercial barbecues was served spare ribs on the president's ranch. And again, the Times saying it is doubtful that this area of superb and moneyed elegance had seen anything comparable to Mr. Jetton's putting on what he called. Uh, let me put on my te- Esperanza. On your, your best Texan. I, I have draw. never really done Texan Esperanza, but for you, I'm going to try a real big feed. <laughs> Coming from a Queens boy. Exactly. <laughs> Texas by way of Queens. Oh, my gosh. I love this, that, that the New York Times says, you know, that this is clearly a uh, like a filet mignon, a right. filet crowd, a filet country. A filet mignon crowd all of a sudden get it, you know, get getting their spare Texas rib style fix. ribs. And oh, man. So, wow, this is really, though. You want to talk about a moment in time. I mean, so this Mr. Jet and Esperanza, three refrigerated trucks, 15 in staff, baked beans, potato. This is not staples of Southampton society, okay? Right, right, right. No, no question. I mean, baked beans, potato salad. Baking- now, a, you know, a clam bake would have been more our style, right? I would think so. Okay, now the hundred, eight, hundreds of ears of corn on the cob. That I could hopefully imagine. that was local. Well, I, I, <laughs> I didn't bring it assume. from Texas. <laughs> yeah, and they, and Esperanza, you think Bridgehampton loam was part of the potato salad, or you yeah, think this... I, I gotta say they had oh. to source this stuff locally. Please, please God, but if if there is if if there was a God at the time, I hope hopefully yes. But oh my gosh, but I like this description, Esperanza. Sturdy, sturdy, sturdy women, sturdy, <laughs> whatever that means. Took. <laughs> I mean, okay. That's a euphemism. (laughs) We're going to say it's a euphemism. Yeah, this is 1964, folks. I mean, I don't know if they'd use the word sturdy today. But anyway, sturdy women took frozen apple turnovers out of the trucks and wooden trays, boiling them in deep fat and served up 4,000 hot Hot fried pies. pies. Hot fried pies. pies. How about Texas twang circa Venezuela? Come on, everybody. <laughs> Do that again, Esperanza. Our Hot audience fried pies. <laughs> We're really going off the I had family. I, I had family in Texas. And my husband okay. has family in Texas. Yeah, okay. Did you have a hot fried pie there? I had hush puppies. Okay. That's, there you go. Oh, that's, saying, that's authentic. Yeah. That's authentic. That's authentic. So guests were received here. I, I, I mean... I mean, portable barbecue pits had been set up. 400 pounds of pork ribs were cooked in slabs. Okay. 700 pounds of barbecued briskets. The party started at five o'clock. By 7.30, there wasn't a rib or a chicken wing left. I wonder if they had a special events permit. I I mean, 2,000 people. Really? Two thousand people. I, I, you know, yes. And and again, this is 
and it was all free. What made it? It was a fundraiser, but it was the, the, well. The 19... oh wait, no, no, nineteen hundred the... guests paid fifteen dollars each, or twenty five dollars a couple. Okay, and gross receipts ran around twenty two thousand. Right. Beer, but no liquor was served. Right, and exactly. there was a sponsor. Okay, Young Citizens for Johnson. And they okay. were going to get the net proceeds. So, okay, I see the fundraising aspect of it. And, you know, $15, $25, that's yeah. a bit of money then. No, I would I would definitely say so. And, you know, your hosts were Miss Charlotte Ford, the 22-year-old daughter of Henry Ford II. And she was the hostess. And the host was... None other than none other than Paul drum Newman. roll Paul Newman, you know, because he'd got off the racetrack in Bridgehampton and went over and, to eat some spare ribs. And he did use that racetrack in Bridgehampton. <laughs> he as certainly you, did. You're exactly right. That's a that's uh wow. Your props Esperanza tying that in, and that is that's a good one. We like that and true. And true. And you know, the other daughter, Lucy, the president's two daughters, again, Lucy. Hey, did Lucy have a nickname like Linda Bird? I mean, well, she was just Lucy Baines. Well, they're all LBJ, though. That's the yeah. main thing, right? Right, right. Exactly right. Exactly. I I, know, I did not know that, but now I do. <laughs> you learn something new. Yeah, you, learn, you do learn something new every day. So, you know, Miss Johnson, who at the time, here we go again, an attractive college sophomore. Okay. Um, quiet, charm, and ease. Uh, she made a brief speech. We got to remember, I mean, this is a seven. Imagine this. So got to give props to Lucy Baines Johnson, a 17 year old young woman at the time, but of such breeding that she's making a speech, you know, in front of 2000 people. At well, a, I think it was Linda that made the speech, right? Because it was being uh, held in her honor. I'm going to guess it was Linda. Who, okay. You know, okay. nonetheless, was 20 years old and unfazed, apparently, by the uh, 2000 yes. strong exactly. crowd. Exactly. And, you know, amongst the guests, John Steinbeck and his wife, Huntington Hartford. I don't know who that was, unless it's Hartford Insurance. Hartford Insurance, maybe. I would think, yeah. But, you know, so that's that's sort of almost that closed an era, I think. Right. Because, I mean, if you think about it, mid 60s, but, you know, they had 10 more years almost. But I I would imagine this was the biggest blowout party they ever had on that property and ever will. (laughs) I would I would certainly think so. And again, just to Go back and think about that for a minute. My gosh, I mean, this had to be. I, you know, I, I should really look up an old Southampton Press or East Hampton Star and see. Oh yeah, this they thing must was have covered, covered it. Oh, for sure. How it was, how it was covered. I mean, this, this was an extensive article in the New yeah. York Times about it. Yeah. Um, from 1964, but I'm sure it was there was some, some coverage out here. And you know, I'm just there's no mention of Southampton Village Police. I. You know, again, I don't know if this is state, maybe part of this Esperanza was Had in the village own... of Southampton. Part of it was outside. I don't know, but yeah, apparently no police presence. No, well, they um, had their own. They probably had their own security and so. secret and, service yeah. and the whole whole nine yards. Yeah, and there was actually an Esther Cooper Smith whose job. How about this is your job? What do you do for a living? I'm the national coordinator of barbecues for the Johnson campaign. You know, that's actually a job. Uh, her hobby, and she was she wrote here, was raising money. And again, again, you know, $22,000, you know, on a one, one afternoon event, you yeah. know, in 1964, that was money. Yeah, yeah. Esperanza, that was fun. 
Yeah, those were the, that was the heyday of Four Dune, I guess, and um, and now known as God Jewel Pond. How dare they? I, I you know, it's like there are so many out there are houses out here that have classic names, and they've transferred over the years. You know, and um, why would you change? You know, why would you change the name? I mean, of that. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, know. it's like Hampton Bays, you know, good ground. <laughs> Very true. Very true. I don't know. You know, I know we're recording this episode at 1020 in the morning, Esperanza, but I got to be honest, I sort of have a hankering for a hot fried pie right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, uh, maybe Haven's Beach, uh, the the car you know, one of those summer carnivals will come by and you can grab something really deep fried there and and, <laughs> and pretend but and by the way Esperanza, do i get props for throwing in the word hankering hankering yeah hankering, I'm hankering. Even better that texas she's got a better texas twang than me i'm y'all y'all he's hankering but I, I i do have a hankering for one of those hot fried pies i really do it's uh ah esperanza yet another Yes. Crazy story of this crazy place we love. Um, you know, Esperanza, we're not going to run out of stories. No, uh, never. And, you know, by it, the way, the Fords are still out here. You know, there's still some Fords out here. You had mentioned that, that yeah. there are still some Fords out here. So, yeah, I mean, why would you leave? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Esperanza, a pleasure. Thanks a ton. Lots of fun. Thanks, Erwin. Uh, until next time. Indeed.